The Korean Football Club podcast is kindly sponsored by The Lodge Hotel, famous for food, functions and fantastic value. Welcome along once again to the Korean FC podcast. Um, and before we start, obviously, as ever, a big thank you to our very kind sponsors at the Lodge Hotel. Um, like any football club or any sports club, their um, support is very much appreciated. Uh, and if you're ever looking for a stylish bar to catch up with friends, why not pop into Vibes Bar for cocktails, gin, Excellent wine, craft beers, whatever it is, takes your fancy, and live music every Saturday night from 9.30. So, with that done, and, and again, just before we start, a bit of housekeeping. Um, it came to my notice this week, or Johnny's notice, that the po- podcast is actually three years old this week. So, um, while we don't have a birthday cake, we have a couple of special guests, but we will introduce them uh, very, very soon. Johnny, uh, quite remarkable three years we've, we've been doing this. Yeah, three years, it's sort of flown in, to be honest, Um, just one week after the other, and we say all the time that the months goes on and the years go on, and, and yeah, and everything just sort of, yeah, just trickles, just like the football season itself, so yeah, everyone's busy, and it's been a busy week and everyone else, but sure, um, it helps the days go in quicker and, 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 and everyone else. Indeed it does, and I'm delighted to say over the, the three years that we have been doing the podcast, we've been very fortunate to have some very, very good guests, some very special guests uh, over the three years. Uh, and that uh, continues this week. I'm delighted to say that joining us on the podcast this week, we have two special guests that were there on Friday night. Um, I don't know, do we describe yourselves as the new owners? I'm talking to Ronald McGregor-Smith and Patrick Mitchell here. Uh, first of all, guys, you're most welcome to the podcast. And before we start, I just want to know how did you enjoy Friday night? It was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, we were obviously both on a massive high, having just got the deal done after nine months of hard work from everybody. And then to cap it off with that win, well, we, the only people happier than us, I think, were the guys who came down from Lauren. So, uh, you know. Uh, it was really good. And and Patrick, I think afterwards, we, we met you guys in the tunnel afterwards, and, and I think the big wide smiles said it all. I mean, it, it really was quite an occasion, wasn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it really was. Um, because I think, you know, um, the press have been covering the, the journey we've been on with the club for some months now. It had taken a while to get there, and there was lots of stakeholders, and... Um, the organisations that own and run the club are democracies and they, they had to come together. And that's a very good thing, I think. Um, so we were delighted, as Ronald says, to get there in the end. I think the board met about six o'clock on the Friday evening. Uh, it had already met and approved the deal, but it just needed to finalise things. So it didn't take very long. But uh, more or less after that, it seems that the players were coming out of the tunnel onto the pitch. And it all sort of became very fast moving after that. Um, as I recall, if my memory serves me right, a goal this first half and then three goals in the second half. And it all started coming rat-tat-tat along. So we were thrilled. We were delighted. We looked at the dressing room afterwards, and the mood there was one of the pure uh, enjoyment, ecstasy, the boys eating pizza and chips and really feeling they deserved that win. You know, the club had had a lot of bad luck with injuries in particular over the past uh, seven or eight games, but that really turned the corner, I think. Uh, and Ronald, I mean, I think maybe somebody joked with you afterwards when, when you were standing uh, in the tunnel after the game that, you know, like own, owning a football club is quite easy, isn't it? You know, you, you first came in charge and you beat Linfield 3-0 at home. Yes, absolutely. I, I think, um, I don't know what all the fuss was about. <laughs> but I think it's quite funny that you could tell who was the most relieved because um, Colin was delighted and gave me a huge hug. And Oren, although he was obviously internally delighted, he still looked like serious. But you know, maybe <laughs> that's just the way he is. But I'm pretty sure he's um, pleased to be uh, heading along this adventure with us as well. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, the way that the players reacted to him after the win was really nice to see. Yeah, I think um, knowing Oren as we do, Johnny and I, we've worked uh, alongside Oren for 
best but over 10 years now and um, one of the things I think that, that it's notable uh, Randall is that and his mantra is he never gets too high when they win and he never gets too low when they lose and that was probably a perfect illustration of, of that on Friday night that's good. I, I won't take his lack of hug then to heart. <laughs> I, never... I, I just thought she was being uh, both, other words, inscrutable and insouciant in appropriate <laughs> measure. And um, I, I think there's a very good qualities in a manager, um, given um, how many people think they've got a say in the running of the club and uh, so forth. Yeah, I mean, like Johnny and I have been working with him for over 10 years. And I mean, Johnny, have you ever had a hug off Owen? <laughs> don't think so. No, so I, I, I wouldn't be too offended. Um, a smile and a high five uh, usually does does the trick. <laughs> no, listen, I thought um, we spoke about it in the podcast last week about maybe needing to keep things tight in the first half, and, and we did that. Um, Lumfield had one very, very, very good chance in the first half, um, and then after that, I don't really think they they overly troubled us. And and yeah, look, the two the first two goals won't live long in the memory, but they're striker goals, and they have to be there to to, to take them and. Conor McHenry or Aaron Jarvis, I'll let them two squabble out whoever got the got the third one. But listen, look, 3-0, um, clean sheet. And yeah, we need a big one like that, I think, just to just to keep the momentum going and it just really capped off a, a memorable day for us. Yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> Patrick, you know, maybe we, we spoke to you on the Friday afternoon before the the takeover and before the actual game itself and, and you outlined some of the... The thinking between yourself and Ronald, why you're taking over and, and what that involves. And for anybody that, you know, is listening and, and doesn't know, I mean, I think it's it's quite important that the, the pair of you are Korean born and bred. You're both from Korean. You have both been at school in Korean. So, you, you know, you, you do have ties to the, the local area. And I suppose for some people that matters. Yeah, I, I guess um, I can't speak for others, but I... I... If it were me assessing two people coming in, it would probably play a role in my thinking. I should say at the outset, because I didn't say this properly on Friday, that this was all Ranald's idea, right? <laughs> and when he first raised it with me on a phone call or over a beer uh, sometime last year, I said, you're crazy. And that's why we're here today, right? Um, but, um, yeah, look, we, we are local. Um, as we said to you um, on Friday, we both grew up in Coleraine from about the age of two. I grew up in Union Street, literally a stone's throw from the ground. Ronald grew up on the Port Stewart Road. Uh, we went to our Society Primary School, then Coleraine Inst, and we trotted off to university, both of us in, in 82 on in, in England, each of us. Um, we both have strong family and other ties to the area still. Um, I mentioned to you that my family and I, I mean, I bought it some years ago, a small cottage outside Valley Castle in the Glens of Antrim. And when the children came along, we had to turn that into something bigger. So we had local builders in to make us a, like a permanent family home there. We now have a small sheep farm there. So I'm over a lot. And since we started the football thing, Ronald has been over even more so than he had been in the past as well. So I'd like to think the ties are strong. We still get that thing, which is inevitable. And when you're in London, you get told that you sound like broad Northern Irish. And <laughs> when you're in Coleraine, you get told that you sound um, like posh London. And could you moderate your accent, please, no matter where you are. But we, we, we've got used to that, I think, Ronald. Oh, yeah. So my uh, eldest watched all the newscasts. <coughs> she thought that Patrick looked much smarter than me because he was in a suit and tie and I was just in a puffer <laughs> jacket. She thought I was trying to channel my inner fan. And then she said that she thought I should have put on my Northern Ireland accent, which um, uh, I sometimes do. But uh, interestingly, the PR guys did say, no, 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 don't do that. You sound nothing like a Coleraine person. At best, you sound like you're from Swatra. And I thought, <laughs> wait, we're not having that. So um, apologies to anybody from uh, Swatra. But, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you at the ground. Uh, indeed. And I mean, you should have both been sort of living and in, in, in based in London for, for a lot of years. And um, for those maybe, again, who are not aware, I think you should maybe come to this. And there is a, a person in the, in, the, in the picture as well who people, football people in Northern Ireland may have come to know. And, and that's Kenny Bruce and, and Ronald. I think, you know, maybe Kenny, 
had a bit of a part to play in, in, in the journey that you have ended up at the showgrounds? Um, he did, um, to a point, because uh, he last summer uh, he'd been talking to Patrick and I about the joy that he had from um, helping Lauren Football Club and the town just to pull themselves up. And so it was a joy of doing good. It was so much fun being involved in the football. And um, at the time, he just had an offer from some Americans. And he said, oh, I'm not going to take that offer because there's like a lot more to go for. Northern Ireland football is really just starting to move forward in a professional way across the board. And then he offered us the chance to invest in Larne. And I said, Kenny, I'm from 50 miles down the road. The last thing I'm going to do is put money into Larne Football Club. I'm going to head down uh, and talk to Colin and see if they can do some uh, some help. And uh, Kenny quite rightly said like, that would be brilliant because the more professional clubs we have in Northern Ireland football, the better that football will be. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good approach that he took. And, uh, you know, so he's never got in the way or, you know, tried to influence anything. But, you know, he's just, you know, been a good sounding board. And uh, we've both watched them play over the, the last 12 months as well. You know, and uh, I think they've, they've done good things. We can learn stuff. From them, we'll obviously do things in our own way. I mean, Coleraine now is a, a lifetime away from where Lauren was when he took over in 2016. So there's nothing like as much to do. But there's still a lot of movement that uh, that's required. And, um, yeah, uh, well, I, I say this with my fingers crossed. You know, we're very, you know, we're quite happy that we did them a favour on Friday night. You know, we saw a couple of Lauren guys down at the game they were ecstatic as well. I think they'll be hoping that Cliftonville do them a favour on uh, is it tonight. And, um, you know, he'll, they'll, for having never won anything, you know, maybe mm. the South Antrim Cup once about 50 years ago, you know, being league champions maybe in consecutive years, that would be beyond his uh, highest expectations. And, and I would just say, though, let's be very clear, we're looking forward to beating them every time in the 24-5 season and uh, taking their title away from them. You know, yeah. we may not get there straight away, but we'll get there. No no old pals out there, Ronald. Um, but Patrick, I think we did talk, and, and Ronald mentioned there about Kenny and, and the influence or the impact that he has had, not only on Lauren Football Club, but also in the community. And I think we maybe mentioned on Friday when, when we talked about... You know, Larne is a good template, perhaps, of how Korean can move forward because obviously we're not city teams, we're not city clubs like a Linfield or a Glentorn or Cliftonville. Um, but what Kenny and his people at Larne have done is something which probably Korean can and, and learn from. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And um, so as Ronald said, Kenny is justifiably proud of the contribution that the club under his stewardship has made to the town through the academy and other things. And Ronald introduced me to him, Ronald knew him in professional circles. And the first time we met, I was struck by how he was talking about how some of the young lads who come up through the academy had actually got into Queen's University Belfast, which I think, Ronald, if I've got this right, he said it was the first time ever that boys coming through a football academy program had done that. Um, yeah, that's something right. special. You know, that that's a very impressive thing for him to have facilitated and for his lads and their teachers and coaches to have achieved for them. Um, so there's plenty to be doing there. I think, I mean, without in any way being insulting about Lauren, I mean, anybody would say this, uh, when Kenny took over, Lauren was actually not in a strong position. Um, you know, it's, uh, its gates were down to like 30-odd at home. The, the ground was in a bad state and it was in danger of slipping away. Uh, Coleraine is not remotely in that position. It's got a strong fan base, um, you know, a good and, you know, smart board who've gripped every aspect of the club. It had the loyal owners of um, the, the fans group called Friends of Coleraine Football Club, and it's got um, a huge army of volunteers who turn up for home games and away games to help 
act as stewards, collect money, do stuff, and just generally make sure that visitors there are having an enjoyable and safe time. So I think the club is starting from a very strong position. And um, in the next days, um, when Simon McGee, who, as you know, has been appointed the interim CEO, gets back from his well-deserved break in the Antipodes, we'll be sitting down with him and others to talk about the first 100 days of the club um, under the new stewardship and what we focus on. But things like the academy development and community outreach will be very much uh, top of our minds. That's, I mean, uh, Johnny, that's that's interesting to hear, isn't it? Because some people, when you hear about football clubs being taken over and it's, you know, it's almost that immediate want for success or big players or whatever. But I think from us having spoken to the guys on Friday and, and again today, I think there's a more holistic approach to what's happening here. Um and that has to bode well, doesn't it, for just going forward. Yes, we all want success on the pitch as quickly as possible, but it has to be sustainable, which is I think one of the things the guys mentioned, particularly on Friday. Sustainable is the, the main word, Damien. And I, I think I don't want to harp back they learn all the time, but if you look at what they do on a match day, for example, I've, I've just seen literally a couple of days ago and on St Patrick's Day, is it they're they're doing a big festival for a match, a ticket. Irish dancers, I think the Ireland rugby matches on them, post match music. They just do things seemingly the seemingly the, the, the right way. I think they're the youth academies bring a lot of players through and, and going on the England as well. And then you only have to look at their attendances. So I think the big thing for Coen is is we've got a massive head start on them in, in that regards and, and the guys have, have spoken about that. So yes, if we can get certain plans in place and I'm, and I'm sure Patrick and, and Ronald are, are on top of that when, when Simon comes back and, and you know and, and enhance the club and everyone else, it's, it's only gonna be can we stand us in good stead moving forward? Yeah, it's interesting as well. Patrick saying about the first one hundred days. I mean, there's a a clarity there on on how things are going to proceed, isn't it? Like one hundred days and then midterm and long term, um, and that that that's 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 an exciting thing as well. Prospect. Yeah, hundred days seems like a long time, but I'll quickly play in and. I think that's what is at the end of May, start of June, would probably be about 100 days. So, yeah, the season will be over, and I'm sure plans will be will be made in place for, for next season, if if not already. So, yeah, there'll be plenty of things to, to sort out um, in between then, and I'll, I'll leave all them big decisions to the guys with, 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 with more brains than, than me. So, but yeah, look, I think the first 100 days are, are nearly just as important as, as, as any, and just to get you know structures in place and, and see the lay of the land and, and stuff that we need moving forward. Uh, Ronald, just on the, the structures, etc., and I think Patrick mentioned about Simon McGee. Uh, in terms of uh, the board setup um, and then even management uh, playing, do you foresee changes, or will it be like more like an evolution than a revolution, if you like? Um, well, we're starting with nothing changing, so uh, there's definitely no revolution there. You know, everybody. Um, on the board has met Patrick and I in person as well as on the phone a number of times now. I mean, obviously, we've had a huge amount to do with Colin, with Chrissy, Phyllis, with um, Simon. Uh, but it's, you know, we've said to everybody, I mean, actually, all of the board are excited about this. Even the ones who've been on the board for a long time are probably thinking... I don't want to go now. You know, whereas last year or the year before, they might have gone. Oh, I'm a, I'm a coming to the end of this. You know, they have been brilliant. They've done it for nothing. They've worked hard to try and get Corian Football Club as high a position in the league and as good a position in the town as they could. And I'm sure some of them were probably just sort of thinking, oh, there's other things to do on a Friday or Saturday. Um, but none of them want to do that now. They're all absolutely up for it. And we're delighted with that. Um, what I would say is it, it will change. There will be new people coming on. Um, you know, we'd said, you know, Patrick had mentioned about the academy. We'd also said to the guys, look, you know, women's football is becoming bigger across the board. And, um, you know, we want to be part of that. And why would we not? You know, the lots of girls in town uh, play football. So it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if there was a female director um, at some point. You know, we've put feelers out. We've asked the board to. 
Um, and actually, on the podcast, we'll put our feelers out. If anyone out there has got, you know, a lady who is interested in football, can add value at board level, has got some experience of either, you know, big clubs or business or catering, because, you know, it's the commercial aspects are going to be important. We'd be delighted to talk to them. Um, and the other thing would be, you know, we want to spread the net as wide as possible. You know, we want to be a club for everybody. And therefore, you know, we would be happy to talk to new people from any side of anywhere that, that wants to chat to us. If they, and, you know, if they can add value and we feel they can and the rest of the board are happy with them, then, yeah, you know, the board will change over time. So, yeah, that's definitely evolutionary. Um, and then on the pitch, like Oren is great. The board gave him their full support at the end of last year when things were a bit ropey. They got a bit rockier um, and they still stuck with him. Uh, and, you know, it was a delight to have our win on Friday, as much for him as for anybody, because we felt that he's been a great servant to the club. And, uh, you know, we, we'd rather have him on our team than be playing against uh, an Orange team, you know. So, you know, everybody, I mean, Colin is a good friend of his and they've worked together over the years. And I'm sure that they are at this very moment. Well, maybe not in the afternoon, but, you know, they'll be, the next, this week, they'll be chatting about how they both take the club future forward um, with a bit of help from Patrick and I and the rest of our guys. So, yeah, we're happy with the way things are. Obviously, we're not happy with being sick, but it is what it is. And it's, it's, you know, there are lots of small things to tweak, but we don't want to tweak the big things. They're they're good. And Patrick as well. In terms of the the finances, people will speculate as to how much money is being invested. And there were some speculation or media reports that maybe the money wasn't what it was initially or whatever, but. Without maybe going into the, the, the details uh, completely, I think the money aspect of things remains the same as it was when the initial proposal was put through. And I think also you have plans down the line that maybe there is room for a future or other investors to come on board as well. That, that, that's, that's very true. Um, you know, from the word go, Ronald and I made it clear that first neither of us had any experience in running a football club and we did not aspire to run the club. We would do what we could to help behind the scenes by providing finance and helping the board, all of whom are very busy. All of the board have got full-time jobs. And, you know, Colin, for instance, has got a successful business to run uh, and he's got his, you know, IFA duties as well, which means he's often in Belfast um, uh, for province-wide football business. So we made that clear. We also made it clear that we were intending to facilitate the investment, not just by ourselves, but by others. And that is what's happening and will continue to happen. And that investment will come from a mix of people like us with local roots and people who don't have local roots, but who are passionate about sport and the impact that sport can have in a community, notwithstanding that they're not connected to Coleraine in any way. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Patrick. I was just going to say, I mean, the, the amount of money um, is, as it was discussed, really, and agreed with the board from the outset when we agreed that we had enough definition of agreed terms to move forward. Um, you know, uh, so Ronald, Ronald was directly involved in those discussions more than me, but he asked the board, how much do you think you need for sustainability to see the club through, to be able to transition to a degree at least to a full-time professional model and the board thought of a figure and we agreed that figure and the board was not greedy the board was sensible um you know because you can throw all the money you want at the thing but you still need hard work and dedication as well an equal measure so that, that's how we got here and there is, is never any dispute disagreement between ourselves and the board on, on that topic yeah and in terms of the money as well, I think some of it, and I think you mentioned earlier just about the uh, focus on young players as well, and and, and 
bringing young players through the academy. And I think also maybe you mentioned previously about there may be situations where young players at maybe championship or League One level in England could come on loan at uh, Korean, for example. And, and in terms of casting that a little bit wider, Korean could be very prominent in that. I, th I think that's right. Um, I mean, you'll know better than either under me that um, you'll have clubs at every level in the English League, but including without limitation the Championship and the, the First Division, who have got a lot of players who are young, and some of whom through just bad luck or through very good competition within their own squad, don't necessarily quite make the cut. And when they come up to a particular age, the club might say to them, you're not going to make it here this year for the first team, but you're too good to go to waste. Would you fancy being on loan to another club? And I think Coleraine could be in line to receive a lot of those people um, because it's an attractive place to live. And to put it, you know, crudely, if you like, the cost of housing in Coleraine is much less than it is in most of the big cities in England and Wales. You get a much better deal for your money. It's a nice place to live. You're on the coast. There's golf courses and all sorts of sporting and other facilities and so on. Um, so we think that could play a role in the club's uh, success in the future. But that's something to be talked about with Oren. Uh, you know, we haven't spent a lot of time on that. It's just basically an idea at the minute in our head. Uh, and, and Ronald, I think, you know, we're, we're talking all about the money and about <clears throat> what the plans are, et cetera, et cetera. But I think one of the things that, came through from talking to you guys on Friday as well and even seeing you on Friday night after the game was that as much as the it's it's fun not maybe not fun is the right word but it's it's a pleasurable investment if you know what I mean you guys are both very successful in your own careers and this is almost something completely different but it is something to be enjoyed isn't it Oh, very much so. Uh, it not just um, <clears throat> look. I mean, it, it, on some of the private companies that I've invested in, you know, you look at the monthly numbers, and it, it's very much just a financial investment. Uh, and this is oh my goodness, there's excitement from a week to week basis, you know, and and in a funny sort of way, you know, the, the numbers are are fairly easy to track. You know, we we have got a good idea of who's going to come to the um club on a on a certain day you know after august september you know we have a fair idea of what shirt sales are likely to be like you know there's all the all the sort of there's a flow of money in and a flow of money out what we're going to try and do is make sure that balances and once that in place then it just goes back to a enjoying the games and be trying to add a bit of value here and there, as you said, either with the, the kids or with the girls. And I think that, you know, there, it's it's sort of bringing the club back into everybody's mindset. I mean, I think there's a lot of people in the town and in the region who, because they don't have a history with the football club, sort of ignore it. And, you know, we would like to help be a catalyst to change that and have, you know, more people... I mean, we wouldn't want to lose any of our fans who were diehard core in fans, but we'd just like to bring more people along. And fingers crossed, when we get a pile of money from Stormont and we've got um, the other side of the stadium fixed, there'll be another nice set of seats for all these new punters to come in and pay for. Yeah, I mean, the potential, I suppose, of the club is enormous. Where it's situated... On the north coast, it's it's a it's got pulling power on that alone, and then you also you you have a university, uh, it's university town, Ronald. So there is possibilities there, I suppose, too, in in, in the future. I, I was very surprised um, that we don't have more links with the university, and then you know it, it, that was like nine months ago, and Colin said well, we don't really have time to you know I just don't have time to do it. And uh, Simon was saying, yeah, I know the students head out to the coast rather than into the town. And, you know, if, if there was one thing which we would consider not an easy win, but very winnable, it would be getting more out of the university, not just out of students who can be fans, because 
you know, lots of, Northern Ireland's not a big place. If you were up at uh, Queen's from Belfast, then there's a fair chance you might, and a football fan, you might go back to watch your your club at the weekend. But there's a lot of people there that don't have, and we would like to get them involved. There's also a business degree in their sports science. There's all sorts of people who could help us. And to be very clear, we could help them. I mean, why would you not want to do an internship at a real business? You know, it's a million pound plus business that, you know, in terms of turnover, there's plenty of opportunities. You know, a few students doing some good with us um, just opens their career much higher uh, in the in over on the mainland. You know, I there is a poster on the railway state station just before you cross the the tracks about uh, a young man who's gone off to work for Man United, and I would thought that's brilliant. But there's more chance of more of his comrades getting those jobs if they've done a bit of time working with us and learning the ropes. So it's a two way flow. Uh, and I think that uh, there's tons of opportunity there. Johnny, it's amazing listening to Ronald talk there about the links with the university. It's kind of makes you think maybe why the club haven't explored that before. And maybe, as Ronald said, with a small number of board members, that maybe they haven't had time given their, their own day jobs and stuff. But certainly it's something there when you hear Ronald t- talking about it the possibilities there are endless given the expertise and the, the areas of expertise at the college. hundred percent. And yeah, that's where, that's where I studied. So, um, yeah, they, they must say nothing. Exactly. Say, say nothing, but no, yeah, a thousand percent. And I know the size of the campus and all the, all the studies that, that, that they can offer. I know they've, they've journalism there, obviously I studied and they've all different type of things. I think they do like environmental sciences and, and different things like that. So yeah, obviously with the club hoping they, they go full time, there's going to be extra expertise needed um, in terms of nutrition and, and I'm sure health and medical and, and everyone else. So, so why not, you know, have an internship there or have, or definitely have a link. Um, So yeah, I suppose, suppose they probably should have been a link before, but again, these things all take time and, and probably take a bit of expertise. And, you know, it's one of them things you can't really rush or, or go on half hearted. It's sort of, they sort of both need to meet in the middle. So yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully something can be, can be arranged there. Yeah, it does. It makes sense when you, when you hear about it and it could, you know, give the club a little percentage, uh, difference than another club couldn't it and that could be vital in the, in the end up if you could have somebody with a sports science background working and helping out behind the scenes that could make all the difference in games yeah of course and it just takes that sports scientist to, to work for Corey and say for a year 18 months and then go on to say work for Brighton or work for you know Bristol Rovers whatever it may be over in England like, like a success story so yeah look um, that would be great um, at the end of the day all different every, every percentage in football counts and you know, again, not you know, with full time teams, they can probably spend an extra couple of hours a day working on set pieces, for example. Whereas Oren only gets the players in the training pitch four hours a week. So yeah, all those little, all those little things will, will definitely help. And if we can bring in professionals or, or bring in you know people striving to be the best that they can be and give everyone they have, um, well then why not why not try and use them? Yeah, um, Patrick, we we'd mentioned the full time uh model there. Um, is the plan to implement full-time salary or full-time staff in terms of playing staff uh, in term and time for the start of next season is that the plan yeah i think uh we would like it to have started at least by then um i think it will go and happen on a gradual basis not everybody will move at once uh, some people will be more up for it than others um it's very possibly the case that not every players' individual personal circumstances would make that the best option for them. And we need to take all those sort of things into account, you know, depending on what jobs players have, where they work, where they live, and that sort of thing. Um, but I think the idea would be for Oren and the board to lead conversations with the squad uh, and, and to see who's up for it and who, you know, can make the greatest contribution at the outset by, by switching to the full-time model. So it won't be 100% from day one. It might not even be 100% come the end of the 24-25 season, but we're hoping that it will be a number of players who will benefit from that and that Oren will benefit in turn, as you said, by having them on the training pitch for more than four hours a week and so forth. Mm. And it would be um, 
uh, enticing prospect for some of the younger players at the club too, isn't it? In terms of, I, I know there are a number uh, down the, the age ranks at the clubs and, and the under 20s and the under 18s, some of whom have had first team experience this year. Uh, yeah. Senan, Devine, Alfie, Alfie Gaston, for example. But for players like that, he, you know, the carrot for them of full-time football with their hometown club and then possibly using that as um, a means to get to a bigger club across the water. It's quite an enticing prospect, not only for the players, but also for their parents and their families, isn't it, Patrick? I, I think that's definitely right. And um, look, how, how do I put it? Look, if, if you're a full-time, it just creates a bigger thing around you. You know, there's more of a halo thing. Um, it shows the club is investing in you. And the club's not doing that entirely out of love and charity. It's doing it because it's it's a hard-headed business mm-hmm. and uh, hard-nosed business, and it thinks you're a prospect. So, you know, if you're a young lad and the club said, would you like to turn full-time? I think to a lot of boys it would mean a lot, wouldn't it? And you make the point rightly. So, um, look, I'm Ronald and I are old enough to remember when Terry Cochran moved from Coleraine. <laughs> I can't remember if he went direct to Middlesbrough. I think he went from Corinne to Middlesbrough, yeah. yeah. And it was like a, a big fee at the time, but the, the then board put in a you know a, a, a sell-on clause and the club did very well out of that. So there is mutual interest there. You know, it's the club's interest, it's the young player's interest that um you know he's nurtured and cultivated to that level. Yeah, you wanna <clears throat> excuse me, you only have to look at the example of Patrick Kelly, uh Ronald. Um he came into the, the first team. For a se- played for a season, cemented his team in the place in the in the team, uh, and at the end of that season was sold on to West Ham. And I suppose that's the kind of model, Ronald, that that the club could look at in terms of bringing through young players, getting use out of them, and then, as Patrick says, it's a hard head of business. If you then can sell them and make a sizable profit, there's money to be made there. Oh, absolutely, and. What I'd say is that there's more money to be made from the players if they are full-time professionals to start with. Mm. Because they will have then proven it to the Crystal Palaces and West Ham's and Rangers of this world that, you know, here's a guy who's actually trained full-time, played in a harder full-time, roughy-tuffy league um, for a couple of years. They will get paid more. We will get more in transfer fees. Everybody will be happier. So yeah, they, you know, we'll be looking at people. We, what we don't want to do is be seen just as a feeder club for other mm. clubs. We want to win. Let's be very clear. And therefore, if that means not selling someone on and delaying their progress for a year so that we can win the championship, well, hey, that's the way the world works. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we will get better young players more consistently, both from you know, the province and the island and Europe, you know, um, mm. Lauren had a couple from the States. There is no reason why we couldn't get more, you know, other players who played in different leagues to come to us, see it as a stepping stone to move on. And, you know, while, yes, there are agents out and people looking, the group of people who we have talked to about investing in Cohen Football Club have got great connections you know, up and down the country, you know, um, I was going to say from Brighton to Rangers, that's about north to south, isn't it? You know, uh, that's and, pretty north to south, yeah. Yes, and, and literally that's who we've got, you know, a friend of ours who was at school with us, he didn't come into the first round, but hopefully he'll come in next time, is a good mate with the chairman of Rangers. A, you know, good friend of um, my girlfriend's works down in Brighton. You know, we have got a, we we just adding a bit of spread, and mm-hmm. I think with luck, you know, one of the advisors that Patrick and I used has got good connections into West Ham. Now the club's already got good connections into West Ham, but you know, the more the merrier. So I think that you know, from that perspective, we hopefully will be adding a little value as well. Um, and you know, again, that that what that does is it helps us win games and hopefully therefore helps us win trophies which as a football club in a funny sort of way is what it's all about isn't it it certainly is i mean johnny it's it's interesting listening to the two guys there because 
immediately I feel like the bar is being raised in terms of just what players can be attracted to the club, whether that's established players or promising young players. It just seems that the bar is being raised in terms of who Korean can attract. Yeah, but it has to be. Um, Lauren have kicked on, Linfield have kicked on. You, you've got torn there, so the quality of the, of the league's going on. I think Cliftonville as well, they've, they've brought in a couple of lads on loan from from England. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, through Jim McJilton's contact. So, no, yeah, 100%. And and what young footballer would not want to, want to train four or five days a week and, and obviously mm-hmm. get, get better and, and everyone else? And yes, look, the better the better contacts you have across England and Scotland and, and further field, obviously, the, the better. I know. Again, I keep on harping on about them, but I think Lauren have got a good deal there with is it Real Salt Lake in, in America, and they've they brought over a couple of guys on on loan from there. So, yes, look, um, all these things will, will probably take a wee bit of time, but the better contacts you have will, will definitely not hurt. So, yeah, I think we're all waiting for for PK to, to make his debut for West Ham. Hopefully, there's a good bonus put, put in there. So, um, but now listen, I think you, you take a wee bit of extra pride when it when it comes to the guys like Patrick and. And yeah, it's, it's it's massive that he's playing for for, for West Ham under twenty threes and playing for Northern Ireland under twenty one. So and then you've obviously Sam McClelland and all the other lads that have went over. So no, you, you definitely. It's it. got to give the fans a bit of an uplift because even if you know your second team isn't West Ham and it you know for some reason it's Liverpool or Man United or but that you know it's got to give you a little boost. Yeah. When you say Patrick going to you know if he does pull on the shirt and runs out at the I can't remember what their stadium's called, Field Olympic Park, wherever. Yeah, London, London, London Stadium, isn't it? Yes, I think. I mean, that's got everyone's got a little bit of pride when they yeah. see that. Um, and if we can do that a few more times, you know, I think that's got to be good for everybody. Now, this isn't going to happen immediately, but um, you know, we get the academy working, we get the youth team tidied up. You know, we get some decent hires. You know, not necessarily at gangbusters money. Um, we will it, and sell them on, we'll get good money into the club and be able to progress both on and off the pitch, which is really what it's all about, you know? And if that subsidies, as, I, as we said, like the, the women's team winning, then that's brilliant as well. It's, it sounds good. What about the um, the, the, the piece, uh, the claim that you see in, the, in some of the papers that maybe I misquote, about you guys targeting winning the league in the, the club centenary year. I'm sure you probably didn't want to come out and say that, or you probably didn't. You maybe just been misconstrued. But um, I mean, it's it's got a nice ring to it, hasn't it, Patrick? Trying to win the league in the, in the club's centenary year, which is only what three years away. Yeah, well, as this is being recorded, it's going to be very hard to deny that ambition subsequently, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, let's be careful honest. what you say now. We will be honest, we did say that on Friday, and of course it's an ambition. Uh, we'll be targeting before the centenary year, of course. Um, as you know, we're currently sixth, squeaked up from seventh to sixth after Friday night. Um, and we hope the best finish possible, you know, um, to this season, but next season I think we can do better. I mentioned earlier, and of course, you can always say this is an excuse, but it's a totally valid one, that the injury tally for parts of the season was shocking. And I think Oren said after the game on Friday night that that was the first match the whole season where he'd been able to start his first back four for more than 60 minutes. I mean, that tells you quite a lot. Yeah. Our leading striker out, Shevlin for a big part of the season, mm-hmm. captain out for chunks of the season. You know, um, we do not expect to have that bad luck for the start of next season. We're starting from a much better place the start of next season. And... Um, there you go. But yes, Ronald should be going up and say we stand by that ambition. Uh, and it is an ambition, but I think if we all pull together, we're in the running, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have a target, Ronald, isn't it? It's good to have a stated ambition and a target. And I guess as businessmen, you didn't get to where you are today without laying out targets and ambitions and, and achieving them. Hey, interestingly, when we had our first meeting with the board, they said, what was our target? And we said, just like, I think, what, what on earth are you talking about? Our target is to win the league, right? You know, so why hide from that? Mm. You know, yes, it's going to be tough because we're a tough old league. You know, you look at those three teams at the top, um, Lauren, Cliftonville, and I can't remember the third one. Um, 
maybe Linfield. You know, those are hard. Yeah. Those are hard. To, I, I know. Don't worry. Those are hard teams to beat, <laughs> right? And then you've got um, Glentoran and Crusaders. You know, they're not easy teams to beat. And then you've got us. And then you look behind us, and you've got Carrick. Carrick have just got a lot of money in from the states, and they're going to be desperate to catch up. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they have to cut their grass more than once a season, but you know they're going to be a difficult team going forward. So nothing's going to be easy there. I didn't. I meant left out Glenavon then, of course, because they for some reason seem to be our bogey team. You know, and then Balamina. I mean, for goodness sake, there's a lot of good teams we've got to beat, but why not? You know, we've got a good manager, we've got a good setup, we've got a good squad now, we just hope to strengthen that. Um, yeah, it might take a couple of seasons, but yeah, we are up for it. I mean, Johnny, I think it is it is refreshing to hear somebody and like Ronald and Patrick and what Ronald just said there is like that is our target and why should we shy away from that? You know, we want to go and win the league. For two, a lot of the times, particularly I suppose <clears throat> in Northern Ireland or, or wherever, you know, we play down things and we sort of say, oh, you know, we're not really that, you know. So it's kind of refreshing to hear somebody just go, that's our target. That's what we want to do. And this is hopefully how we're going to achieve it. It's 1000%. There's no much point saying, oh, look, we should and force and be happy with that. You, you have to aim for, aim for the stars and aim for the top. and. Look, we've only won the league once um, in the club's history. I think we finished second is it like 13 times or something. So, yeah, I've scored at Corian since I was two. So now I'm in the 27th or 28th year, so I've scored them. So, yeah, I just want to see them win the league one, at least once and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll be happy with that. So, But, yeah, no, look, I think I think just what it would mean to, to everybody and I think if we can all fight together and the fans and, and the players and everyone else and get behind each other and, and strive, to, strive to win the league, then, then why not? And I think... Oren probably deserves the Winter League title as a manager. I've, I've always said that um, with, with Corey and just where he's taken the club from and um, to, to, to where it's been now. So, yeah, look, I, th- I think it'd be great, obviously. Um, um, yeah, why not aim, aim for it and, and see how far you, you can get? And yes, look, all the teams are, are improving. Lauren, Lumfig, Lintorn, Crusaders. Um, you know, you can name them all off the top of the hat. Carrick are only going to get better, so... But listen, um, we're only probably going to get better too. So, so, so why not? Well, you know, on any given day, I think Korean have proven over the last number of seasons with a fully fit squad to choose from, Korean can be a you know the equal of any of those teams that we have mentioned. We've had a, a bad run of injuries, as Patrick said, this particular season. Um, I'm imagining maybe with a summer transfer window and maybe getting a few extra new players in, in place as well and adapting some sort of full-time model. You know, Korean will be better equipped to just close that gap next year, Johnny, and 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 maybe keep closing that gap and over the next couple of seasons. And, and that has to be the plan, doesn't it? Look, like, I think the, the January signings have all come in and improved the yeah. team. Um, Jack Scott, what a player he is just what I like about him he just looks forward the whole time doesn't ever really pass the ball sideways it's, it's always forward Rory Brown's only what 23, 24 which is very 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 young for a goalkeeper so he's only going to get better and Jamie <laughs> good mate of mine I've known Jamie for a long time and they just scored goals so um, if those three are only the start of, of what we can bring in then, then why not I think as well I think is it, is it 12 players who are out of contract in the summer? It's going to be maybe will all them be, be, be staying on? Will some be going? I think probably the spine of the team might need a bit bit of maybe, not improvement, but maybe more strengthening would probably be a better way of putting it. Maybe centre-half, centre-midfielder. Um, so, but yeah, look, I think as, as Patrick um, alluded to, injuries this year have crippled us, especially the spine of the team. Um, Josh, Stevie O, Chevy. <laughs> You take out of any team, Stephen Larry. I think I think it was only his fifth start all season. So you know, you take them out of any team, you're you're probably going to be in, inconsistent. So yeah, um, fingers crossed. Bit a bit bit more luck on the injury front, and yep, if we can bring in three or four quality players, I think that's probably what the main thing is. Now you're going to have to probably sign players who are better than what than what you have, and and that's challenge for Orn and any other obviously leading the recruitment or, or anything they got there. So yeah, fingers crossed. But I think <laughs> football as well, as well, you know, you again, Lauren, they, they, they've used the Scottish market very, very well. Andy Ryan, Sean Want, Rohan Ferguson, the amount of Scottish players that they've had. Um, you maybe use that market as well now that, that we will be hopefully going full time and, and things like that. 
See, that's Ronald and Patrick have all that covered, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> they have that all covered for the summer. We we don't know yet, but they have it covered. Um, I know it's early days. You, you've only well, you've been working at it for like nine months. I think Patrick mentioned earlier, but really, it only became official on Friday, which is only a number of days away. Um, I was just interested, Patrick and, and and Ronald. I mean, have you enjoyed it so far, or I mean? Are you enjoying it now, particularly that these are uh, out in the open, as it were, and you've been to the game on Friday? I mean, how, how much are you enjoying it, Patrick? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, but it's it's always more fun when it's done and everybody can settle down. I think that probably goes, I can't speak for everybody involved, but I'm sure most people feel like that. Um You know, the comment we have heard in the press, and we understand this, is that it seems to be, to be taking a long time at times. Um, I was using my previous career as a, as a lawyer, as a solicitor, to advising on transactions, including with government bodies and so on, which move at their own pace. And you just need to be patient and get everything covered. As I said earlier, you know, the, the club was previously owned by the, the friends who, as we acknowledge on Friday, saved the club from possible oblivion back in the first decade of this century when it went bankrupt. Um, that's a democratic body, and the Committee of the Friends had to consult the membership, take their views and report back and that sort of thing. Um, you know, so we, we appreciated that. We also had to get our thing together. You know, we had to appoint lawyers and get documents drafted to reflect all the arrangements. And the board needed to take stock and consult themselves and just have a good, long, hard think about the future direction of the club and and what that meant for possible ownership structures. So. The good news is it's come together. But to answer your question, yes, so far, couldn't be more enjoyable. Friday night was great. Saturday morning, um, yeah, I wasn't out of bed with the lark. But um, it, um, there you go. It, it's it's good so far. Yeah, and same question, Ronald. I mean, now that everything's official and everything, and, and, and obviously Friday night was a great night, um, having fun, enjoying it thus far? You know, it, it's very nice to you know be able to get those messages from people who thought you were messing about and weren't necessarily serious because that you know they oh what are you doing these days oh i'm trying to buy a football club and you know <laughs> the look that you get and they yeah really and i'll say yeah 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 if you want to put in 100 grand that'd be great and they just look <laughs> at you and say uh no i don't think so but now you've done it you know it's as a sort of yep told you we were going to do it we've got it done and uh you know, there are, you know, the messages on all the social media stuff, you know, is the, I haven't had a single person say uh, anything but like absolute positivity about it. So, yeah, it's great. <laughs> the only just bit wait, maybe just... was my daughter who said, How long did you say we were going to own this club for? <laughs> is she a football <laughs> fan? <laughs> no, she's not. But um, her brother, does wear his cool rain shirts at university at all the time so uh there you go yeah i think Very she quite good. liked the blue and white the color goes with her eyes and uh, patrick's girls have been at games as well and they uh they're like ferocious cheerleaders for the club uh so yeah so i mean i think everybody's happy about it i was delighted i said when i was talking to the bbc that you know wouldn't it be nice to have some cool rain shirts in new york and i don't know if you two saw it but uh, yeah. you know, the club media got picture back of a uh, young lad in his cool rain shirt at the top of the Empire State Building this weekend. You know, you think, oh. how cool is that? I, I want. I think, um, Ronald, you, you, we touched on this um, just yesterday in passing by text. We, we might launch a small competition for um, wearing a club top in the most unusual or the most far-flung place. Um, we'll launch it at the right time to allow people to take advantage of the summer holidays, I think. Yes rather than the uh, late February. But uh, the young lad, probably can't name him yet without his parents' consent, but uh, his dad sent in a photo uh, to, to Dave the other day, ha has got out of the blocks first, so I think he will get some sort of prize for being first off of this echoing Ronald's comment to the BBC the other night that um, we'd like to see club tops in the streets of New York. So that that is something, just a fun little thing for down the line. Very good. I think I think we could do that. We could do that competition, Johnny. You're a 
you're the social media guy. I think you could certainly do a, a competition for the Korean shirt in the uh, farthest flung place of the world or the most uh, obscure place. Sounds good, doesn't it? Does sound good. There'll be, I'm sure, there'll be some interesting places uh, seen by, by Korean or visited by Korean fans um, throughout the years. So, yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, it'd be, be great. It'd be some some pretty different to, to be fair. Speaking of, yeah, I, I just tell you a small anecdote. Um, on Saturday, I got back home, and um, my wife and I just had a, a glass of something nice to to mark <laughs> doing the deal, and then I went out to one of the few local pubs we have here in Hampstead, northwest London, where we live to meet an old friend. And as I was waiting for him to arrive, uh, a young chap who started working behind the bar a little while ago, I've only seen about twice in my life, kind of sidled up to me and said very quietly, congratulations on the Bandsiders deal. And I said, I was just really quite taken <laughs> aback for an implicit way. I said, how do you know about that? And he said, well, you can't tell from my accent, because I was originally from England, but I grew up in the time in Mount Sandal. And one of my best friends is like... Um, absolutely avid, avid Cole Rain fan. He's at University of England now, and he sent me a link to the story about you and Ronald doing the deal on Friday. And I wrote back to him and said, I think I recognise one of those guys. I think he came into the Flask pub once. So um, there's already a kind of ripple effect in a minor way, yeah? It's, it's amazing. You do, you'd be surprised just the, the, the reach of sort of like a club, like a Korean where people are following and, and, and bandsiders that they are all over the world, uh, Johnny, as we know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably location as well. There's, there's no real top flight club, obviously, um, in, the, in the Irish League, probably anywhere near near us. So, yeah, it sort of, sort of helps. And yeah, we've had, I've seen Korean fans being in the Grand Canyon with their Korean top on, New York, you name it. So, um, yeah, and obviously you've expats um, all over all over the UK and, and everyone else. So, oh, yeah, it's great. It's always great to, to see them come back. And you always see most of them. And I see a lot of my friends that went off the uni and stayed in likes of Liverpool and stuff, always coming back on Boxing Day for, for the Derby and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's sort of, it never, never really leaves you. So, so it doesn't. doesn't. Well, talking of strange places or far-flung places to see a Korean shirt, but, uh, we'll, we'll do that on Saturday because we're away to Newry City on Saturday, which is, Probably the longest journey in in, in, in league terms for the, the bandsiders. I mean, Ronald, it's 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 all very well beating Linfield at home in front of the BBC uh, on a Friday night under the lights, etc. But again, it's all about games like Saturday away to Newry City in front of a smaller crowd. That's when it matters. That's when you have to show the metal to go and win games, isn't it? Oh, um, very much so. I. Uh... I, I was sort of being slightly overconfident when I talked to Colin on Friday. So, ah, yeah, and we'll win next weekend, and that puts us in good setting for being in the top six. And he went, he said, Ronald, I've been in this game a lot longer than you. He said, <laughs> the boys from Linfield came down here with exactly that thought in mind. They thought, cool rain, seventh in the league, we'll have those points, leapfrog Larn." you know, beat Cliftonville this week and we've cemented the next uh, championship. So many a slip, you know, so obviously that put me in my place and I was okay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, but yeah, I w- we would hope for that victory uh, at the weekend and, you know, we would like to get in the top six. I mean, whatever happens, we're going to have to beat the likes of both Glentoran and uh, Crusaders to get into Europe this year. You know, we might not have to beat one of the top three, but we certainly got to beat those two above us or be better than them. And therefore, you know, you know, you can't take anything for granted. And as we said, um, Carrick, I don't think anyone back in August or September would have thought that Carrick would have done quite as well as they have this season. They've got a little bit of a head start, but you know, there's just just that little bit of momentum and you feel yeah. good, you know? So yeah. that's, we just, it, it's going to be incremental and marginal. You know, I have a good friend in town and uh, he said, what are you going to do first? And I said, well, not completely sure. And he said, tell you what you should do is paint the toilets because then everybody will see that you've done something as soon as you've gone in. <laughs> <laughs> And it'll Very look good. quite positive and everyone will be happy. So um, maybe we'll see a new lick of paint somewhere. 
well. A, a new leg of pain, and <clears throat> I think certainly just to finish up here, but just what happened on Friday, the, the announcement in the afternoon, you guys and the BBC beating Linfield, I think I can easily say that it certainly helped to lift the mood, and there, there does seem to be a a whole different mood about the place now in terms of just a little bit more positivity, Patrick, on the back of, of everything that's happened in the last couple of days. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, mm. But, you know, if, 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 if it's difficult. I think you just need to follow your instincts and be realistic. You can't sort of contrive to get it right. You just sort of try and judge it right. Um, you know, Ronald quote a column there. Colin, every member of the board knows more about football and the club than Ronald and me combined and so forth. So, I mean, we've got to follow their instincts and their judgment as, as well. Um, but I, I guess it's just one of those things. When it works, you ride the crest of the wave and yeah. you do that for as long as you can. And uh, you make the most of the, the good moments, yeah? yeah? You do. I would give it a couple of months, guys. And between you, Ronald and Patrick, you'll probably know about as much about football as the rest of us by then. You'll have to edit that bit out. <laughs> you shall suffer as much as me and Johnny have had to suffer over the this past little while, Johnny. Is that right? Yeah, they're off, they're off with us, move, Damien. Um, hopefully, we can have a good end of the season and, and give the European playoffs a good rattle. Yeah, uh, there's no reason why we can't. You know, we've, we've seen how good we are on on Friday night. Don't concede silly goals and take chances at the. It seems like it makes it makes it sound very easy, but. Um, if you can keep your own back door shut and, and get one on the other end, we'll sure it'll, it'll give you a good 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 chance, anyway. Yeah, a good finish to the season. You know, given the season that we've had, how remarkable how remarkable would it be to get yeah, a Yeah, yeah, I say this all the time. I think qualifying for Europe is, is the is the fourth unofficial trophy that you, that you can win. I think you know the money you get from it, the prestige, the, you're able to attract better players if, if you're in Europe. Um, it'll give the players a real spring in their step, coming back a few weeks early and preparing to, to play the likes of, you know, in Helsinki or play, you know, a team in Estonia, wherever it is. Yes, they may be in mid-season, but, you know, he, he still would have to still, you know, I've been on a lot of European trips with Corey and love them and it's great to get the players together. And I think professionalism with the league, the way it's going, the, you know, probably back in the 90s or whatever, it used to be a, used to, used to maybe go on a European trip for, for a nice away day and, Maybe a few beer, and it's definitely not like that now. You know, you look at look at the team. You look at the teams, and they're they're qualifying. And is it Lumfield were within a within about twenty seconds from qualifying for the group stages? So, yeah, that's where the the money is, and and that's where I think the Irish League teams are, are definitely improving. Yeah, and <clears throat> getting getting into the group stages of, of the European competition, it would certainly help uh, in terms of investment, uh, Patrick and Ronald, wouldn't it? In terms of just attracting more investment. Yes, I, I oh, think so. Sure. They, you know, they, um, if we can show that we can, we are able to play in those, you know, rarefied leagues, then the number of Americans, you know, I, I say Americans generically, but, you know, international investors that will come out of the woodwork, you know, will be unlimited. I mean, football is definitely, you know, the most popular game in the world. There's a lot more money in it in terms of investment than there ever has been. Um, you know, we have that. It, it, it's interesting. So, Altrincham, like maybe the fourth team in Manchester or whatever it is, mm. had a big investment made into it last week, about the same time as our investment, probably about the same amount of money up front. Some really big people in terms of financiers went into that, but they'll never be in Europe mm. ever, mm. no matter what, you know. And yeah. as we said, you know, we want to be in Europe. We'd love to be in Europe this year. We hope to be in next year, much better chance. And you know, why would why would people not want to invest in yeah. when you know you know those there's that joy of having your own league and it just you know you know it's one of those great things about Northern Ireland. You know, we punch way above our weight in many aspects, and you know, you know, in you know team football that would be brilliant. You know. Very good. All we need is a boy band, a North Coast boy band like Chorley. They got, uh, was it Westlife or Boys Own Westlife, was it? Maybe Northwest Life, maybe. <laughs> we have, we don't have a boy band, but we have, we've, with some very uh, high profile sports people, we could get them on board too. That would, that would be, uh, that would be all right. 
no, I, absolutely. And, you know, we are open to talk to anybody um, mm. about how they can then help or, or how they could invest in the club and just to make it, you know, what it should be, which is that, that sort of shining blue star at the centre of Coring. You know, That's but good. I think Patrick and I are a bit old for that boy band. To be clear, <laughs> we were at school with Johnny's dad, so that sort of puts <laughs> us in a bracket, okay? Don't think you'd want to see that boy band. No. You certainly don't want to see that boy band taking their tops off. That would be a bad thing. That would not be good. <laughs> well, well I, I was going to say there are other reasons why I wouldn't ever have been in a boy band. They include vocal ability yeah, and dancing <laughs> ability, or rather distinct lack of both of those. Yeah. Well, I think for, I can speak for, I think for all four of us when I say our boy band days are firmly behind us, if ever they were in front of us. But um, here, Patrick, uh, Ronald, and Johnny, um, I think we, we, we've nearly come to the end of the time here. Um, it's been an absolute delight to have the pair of you on. And I, I know you have been very busy doing media duties over the last couple of days in, in addition to doing the club stuff and in your own jobs as well. So on behalf of the club and, and the podcast and me and Johnny, I'd just like to say a big thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you very much for talking to us. It's been a pleasure to um, swap some thoughts with you. And um, we look forward to staying in touch. And uh, I'm sure we will do, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And from my point, thank you. I mean, one of the great joys from us was seeing all of those people who work tirelessly for the club, you know, and you two are part of that, you know. So we'd say everybody from, you know, the lowest chairman right up to the people who help around the ground, you know, everybody, you've done a brilliant job. And all we can do is hope to... Um, that you know your faith in us is uh, well founded. Well, thank you very much both for for your kind words, Johnny. Um, we will see you in Uri on Saturday, I suppose. Yeah, I think we might see him there. I, I don't know yet. Hopefully, fingers crossed. It's a bit easier when when I'm able to get the game. So yeah, uh, fingers crossed. And if we leave now, we might just make kick off, Damien. So we, we need to we need to start. We need to get the need to get the car loaded up and and ready to go. Off we go. Road road trip. Here we go. Uh, well, hopefully now. The guys have brought us luck on Friday. Hopefully that'll continue. We'll get three points against Newry and then we'll take it from there. And I, I firmly believe maybe a top six place. And certainly if we have all our players available, we'll certainly give the European playoffs a good rattle as well. So, uh, Patrick, Ronald, again, thank you very much. Hope to see you at the game very soon. Indeed. Yeah, good. We will see you then. Um, as ever, thank you to our kind sponsors, The Lodge Hotel in Korean. And um, we will see you supporters at Newry on Saturday and if not, speak to you again next week and as ever, come on the Bandsiders. Bye.